Welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. <laughs> if you have a Bible, I want you to hold two spots, one in Numbers 13 and the other in Ephesians 6. And can I encourage you to download the notes for these sessions for a couple of reasons. One is you don't have to struggle to remember the Bible passages. They're right there on the downloaded outline. And you can reteach it and copy it and use it at your church, your men's fellowship, or your men's group. We're in part three, if you're joining us for the first time, of a series called Come to Me. And if those three words sound familiar, they should. It's Jesus's standing invitation to believers to take advantage of God's help, God's care, and God's capacity in this life, right? And, and the goal for our series is really simple. Don't let your fear, don't let your pride, don't let your ignorance, right, limit God's powerful help from coming into your life today, into your challenges today, into your mountains that you're trying to scale today, all right? Situations, issues, family, relationships. Don't limit God's powerful help from coming into your life. You see, Jesus makes himself available. We should seriously and sincerely accept and act on that invitation and the point of contact for acting on it is turning to God in prayer, right? Now, Jesus, being God, kind of makes sense that we would come to him in, in prayer, especially when we know how much he cares about us, right? But there's another aspect of God's character that should make turning to God the easiest decision that we make every day and every morning that we wake up. All right, and to get us thinking in the right direction, I wanna ask you a question. Do you remember when you were in elementary school or when you were younger, picking teams to play sports, right? Football, basketball, prison ball at my elementary school, right? I specifically remember choosing teams to play this kind of ball, kickball, all right? Recess, lunch, it was an addiction, right? Back in elementary school, you know, now there's adult leagues, but to play kickball, all right? But back when I was young, man, every recess, every lunch, we went out to that blacktop, right? And you know the scenario, right? You got two captains, and then those two captains would be selected, and then they choose alternatively from a pool of boys that are assembled, and every boy is hoping, man, I hope they don't pick me last, I hope they don't pick me last, right? Maybe you were one of those guys, sometimes I was that guy. And on those occasions, when I got to be a captain, I knew who I would pick first every time without fail. It was my buddy, Todd Pinther, right? He had what every kickball team needs if they hope to win, a powerful right leg, right? So I would put that into my thinking, and if Todd was available, and he would always be my first pick. Let's put it this way, Todd's leg had the kick that would send the other teams we played chasing the ball, right? Now, Todd, for me, as I was picking my teams, right? Todd was synonymous with confidence. Because of Todd's powerful leg, I'm confident, so I pick him. I have to choose him uh, intentionally. Now, what's the point? I think you get what I'm stepping in here. Then, as now, as a man of God, power and strength on your side, 
provides confidence. But you have to be intentional to choose it, right? And in the battle of life, a God's man who does not choose to God's power to help him lead his life and lead him to victory, you're a fool for one simple reason. Jesus wants you to pick him. Jesus wants you to come to him. Jesus has the capacity like no other and the power like no other to help you. He says, come to me. You see, a strong God produces strong confidence and strong prayers that get strong wins. Anybody need a win today? I do. So let's unpack this. Let's read our theme for the series, which is Jesus's invitation, and then we'll get into our study for today. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Here's our theme verse. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So there's Jesus' invitation, and there are the results when we accept, right? Unburdening, rest, relief, and a lightness from the inside out, not in the absence of the pressures of life, but in the midst of the pressures of life, right? You want an unburdening? You want rest? You want relief? You want a lightness from the inside out, not in the absence of your pressures and challenges, but in the midst of them? You seriously and sincerely accept and act upon Jesus's invitation. But here's what happens. It's, it's very common being in ministry with men for over 30 years, I've seen it a lot. Men get a vision and they get a direction from God or maybe they're in a Sunday service so they go to a men's conference or with their men's groups or they're, they're reading God's word and man, the vision and the direction, it just comes to them and they're so full of faith and they're confident, right? And then as they move forward, right, they hit a bump in the road, right? There's a challenge that they didn't plan on this journey in God's direction. You know, it's like a plane flying and it hits turbulence and all of a sudden they're, they're feeling a little rocked spiritually. And, and then a mistake happens. They mistakenly conclude that the initial vision and direction and word from God that they got in terms of where they're supposed to head or what they're supposed to do or what they're supposed to build or where they're supposed to go or, or who they're supposed to write a check to, all that, right? When the turbulence comes and the unplanned thing comes on the journey and a challenge comes, they mistakenly conclude that that initial word from the Lord, that initial vision, that initial direction, right, was not from him. And nothing could be further from the truth. As we'll see, one of the best examples of this is with God's people in Numbers chapter 13, all right? The context is simple right? God's making promises and his people are moving in that direction and then they hit some bumps. And we want to lean into this because this is for us, right? Because it wasn't an opportunity or an occasion in the turbulence and with obstacles for them to bail on God's vision and direction for their lives. It was actually a time for them to lean in to God. So let's read number 13 and uh, we'll, we'll unpack it. So this is um, the recon debrief, all right? God says, I'm taking you to a space and place. 
I've got a destination for you to head in, a, a destination for you to be in. And the recon team has gone in. They've seen this place where God wants to take them. And then we roll the film, right? Quote, we went into the land to which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we could certainly do it. But the man who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into their land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Wow. What a moment, right? God's making, God's, God's saying, hey, I got a place for you to be and I want you to be there. Turbulence, challenges, right? Unexpected things. And then there's this fork in the road. So let's unpack that, all right? There's what God is doing. And number one, what God is doing is God is making promises about our future. Right now, God has promises for your future. He has places and spaces where he wants you to be, that you're not there yet. And he's calling you forward, right? There's places and spaces spiritually he wants you to be. There's places and spaces, right? From a work perspective or from a relational perspective, he wants you to be. He's calling you forward, right? Secondly, God is moving us forward in faith. Keywords, in faith. Say that with me, in faith, right? When God launches, right? Us in a direction, right? He's moving us forward in faith because anything God does with us without faith, it is impossible to please God. So a lot of times we think, oh, God has a direction for me, but there's going to be nothing that's going to challenge my faith in God along the way. Wrong. No, God requires faith in every process that he is involved in. So there's what God is doing, but then enter the challenges and the choices that then we have to make, all right? Next, we can, in light of challenges on the journey toward God's direction, we can focus on the reasons we can't move forward, which is exactly what we do and exactly human nature, right? When you look inward and when you look at circumstances and you let circumstances and challenges define who you are and what God can and can't do. 
It's a pre-qualifying, right, of what God can and can't do. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. All right, so that's one option. Or like Joshua and Caleb, we can have the Joshua and Caleb spirit inside of us where we have a right view of God and we can fix our eyes on God and his strength. You see the difference? God was making promises about the future. God was moving his people and is right now moving us forward in faith. And we can focus on the reasons we can't move forward or we can fix our eyes on God and his strength. We could go there with God. And all you dads know what this is like. I mean, just imagine your kid at the, at the side of the pool, you know? You're saying this is a really great thing to do, just jump in and you're gonna enjoy the pool and your kid has the little floaties on and they're standing there and they're a little afraid. And you know how strong you are but they have yet to really know and trust how strong you are. And it's not until they jump, it's not until they move forward in faith, right? When they commit without knowing how strong you are, and then they, boom, they experience your strength. And as every time they do that, they get more and more confident in your strength. So now let's talk about, well, what about me? When I know God is strong, what does that do in me every time I commit without knowing based on God's promises? Well, what it does is it instills new attitudes in God's men. When we know God is strong, that does something inside of us. It instills a new attitude in you, all right? So let's define instill, it's really important. To instill is to firmly establish or impart an attitude in a person's mind, right? You change the way you think, right? About whatever that object of your faith is, right? You think differently about that person. We think differently about God. When we know he's strong, we think differently about God, all right? And the first thing that knowing your God is strong instills is an attitude of humility in prayer. Remember, prayer is the point of contact. That's how we experience God and we release God to work in our lives. And when we know he's strong, it instills an attitude of humility in prayer. In the scripture, in Psalm 27, uh, I'm sorry, in the scripture, in 1 Peter 5, all right, verses 6 and 7, right there on your notes, let's read that together. Right? It says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you, up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, all right? See the connection there? Circle on your notes, God's mighty hand and humble yourselves, right? And you can see this issue of God's mighty, I'm not. I'm gonna humble myself under his mighty hand and let God do the heavy lifting right? It's like you're in a group setting, someone collapses, right? All right, I'm CPR trained. I run in to help, but there happens to be a doctor in the room, right? And then that doctor announces, hey, I'm a doctor. What do I do? In humility, I move aside and I let the one with the strengths and skills to really help that situation get to work, right? 
if I prevented him from doing, I mean, just imagine an NFL player goes down and a, and a teammate goes over to help him and then prevents the medical staff from attending to the injured player. I mean, you'd be like, what is that guy doing? All right, guys, that's exactly what we do when we know God is strong, but then we prevent him in pride or fear or ignorance from getting in there to help. So what's our action step? Knowing God's strong, it instills humility in us in prayer. My action step is I get out of God's way and I let him bring what he has to do, bring to the table, right? And I let him do the heavy lifting. Why? Because God is strong. And when you know and serve a strong God in prayer, which is the point of contact with God, you just, in humility, you release him to do in humility what he can only do, all right? So that's the first thing that knowing your God is strong does. The second thing, knowing you have a strong gut, is it instills an attitude of confidence in prayer, all right? Of course, right? Humility says get out of the way, but then, like my choosing my friend Todd Pinter, I'm like, whoa, his strength, my confidence. Same with you. Let's read Psalm 27, verses one through three. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Okay, there's a good swag statement. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Rhetorical question, no one. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, uh, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Man, strength is synonymous with confidence. When you're aligned with strength, it's synonymous with confidence. When you know your God is strong and he is on your side, that's what the psalmist is expressing right there. It instills an attitude of confidence in prayer, right? When you address an issue with God at your side, claiming the promises of God, declaring your identity, praying with spiritual authority, man, you're gonna, you're gonna be way more confident than if you think God might or might not be able to do that, right? Listen to what Jesus says about when there's a hard thing and how he positions God and himself. Right? Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I will tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Well, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, Let's read it together. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible, right? So Jesus sets up a scenario that's super hard from a human perspective, all right? When you're rich and you have a lot of material wealth, it gives you the illusion of control, which then when you have the illusion of control and you're in control, right? Who do you need? You don't need God, I mean, because you have control. Why do we have needs if we're in control of the future, right? Of course, we all know that is not true because you can't control cancer, you can't control natural disaster, you can't control traffic accidents, you can't control losses in your life. But wealth gives us the illusion that we, we're in control because we can buy stuff, right? All right, 
that's a lie from the devil. But it's harder for people who have material wealth to give up that idea that I don't control anything, right? And so the disciples are like, well, you know, if that's the way it is, then who can, who can be saved, right? And then Jesus flips it and he says, with man, yeah, you're right, impossible. But with God, all things are possible, right? And in Creole, when I go to Haiti, we have a saying, tout bagat possible, all things are possible, right? And so when I know God is strong, it instills an attitude of confidence. And so what's my action step, right? When I know God is strong and I have that confidence, I ask for the impossible. That's what I do. With God, all things are possible. Well, if that's true, Jesus, I'm gonna start asking for things that are seemingly, to me, impossible. I want you to think of something, all right, that you would believe that would almost be impossible, right? A person coming to know Christ in your life, you're like, man, on a human level, that, that's not gonna happen unless God intervenes, all right? A relationship reconciled. You're like, ah, I, on a human, from a human perspective, it is, really is. Im impossible, right? A financial situation. We're just like, man, are we ever gonna get out from under all this debt, right? It's a mountain so high. I don't know. I mean, from a human perspective, it's impossible, right? Maybe sharing Christ with a neighbor or someone who's really antagonistic. Man, th th that person, no way, all right? Here's my challenge. You go to God with confidence. You go to God knowing who he is, that he's strong. And yeah, from your perspective, it's impossible, but not with God. Situations, challenges, relationships, addiction, anxiety, anger, impossible business situations. You need to humble yourself, get out of the way, remember God is strong, and ask for the impossible. Confessing your weakness while confirming God's amazing strength, all right? So that's what God's strength does to us in prayer. It instills an attitude of humility. We get out of the way. It instills an attitude of confidence. We ask for the impossible, and God loves that. God loves it when we kind of like go, okay, it's your deal, all right? Okay, I know that's impossible from my perspective, but not for you because you're strong and you declare his strength. Third, it instills an attitude of faith in prayer. Parentheses, a willingness to risk, right? Knowing my God is strong instills an attitude of faith and willingness to risk. We look at Hebrews chapter 11, verses one through three, very famous passage of scripture. Let's remind ourselves, all right, of that, of what faith is, right? Now faith is the confidence, is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about we do, what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is what was visible, right? Do you see the connection between the universe was formed at the command of my God, right? Therefore, we are convicted that he's able to do what we can't see. We are convicted and assured that he can call into being things which did not previously exist, right? 
in order to accomplish his purpose and glorify himself. What's the point of contact? Prayer. Right? When we know God is strong, we come into prayer with an attitude of humility. We come into prayer with an attitude of confidence. We ask for the impossible. We come into prayer with an attitude of faith, committing without knowing, willing to risk, right? And go all in. You know what all in is in poker? You know, that's like where you take all your chips and you're just like, all right. Why? Because you believe in your hand. You believe your hand is strong, right? Man of God, you need to push all your chips to the table on whatever that challenge or change that is before you, right? On the journey to your promised destination by God, put it all in there, right? You're all in in prayer and come to it in faith. Commit without knowing. God, I don't know what the result is gonna be, but right now I commit without knowing to your destination for my life where you're leading me to go. I don't know how you're gonna do it all, but I know you, you're strong. Now, how does God feel about that? Well, he tells us in Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. Let's read that together. God says, my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure, circle that, no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we, men of faith, do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We're the ones, guys, who have a strong God. And when you have a strong God, you take strong risks for God. That looks like intelligent and intentional abandon. It's intelligent because I know God is strong. It's intentional because it's in line with God's purposes and will. All right? Strong God, strong attitude of faith in prayer. What's your action step with respect to that? I spoke of this earlier. I don't pre-qualify God. What God can and can't do, right? What he will and won't do, right? My job is just to pray in faith, right? Do you like people pre-qualifying you? It's like, well, you can't do that. Or you should do that. Or you shouldn't do that, right? God is, he formed the universe at his command, all right? There's big gap right there. And the audacity that we have to say, well, God, I know that you formed the universe, but in my personal situation, there's nothing you can do. Oh, really? Wow. You know what? If you know God is strong and you believe that he formed the universe at his, at his command, like we're, he, he feels something, he thinks something, bam, it happens. Right? The things that God does, you know, everything that takes away your breath in creation, God spoke and it was made. So don't pre-qualify God. There are some of you right now, you're pre-qualifying God. You're like, God, the situation's hopeless and I know it's hopeless and you can't do anything about it. You need to repent of that, man of God, because God certainly can do it. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible and we're not the ones who shrink back, fellas. I'm sorry. This world needs to see spirit-empowered men taking some risks right? Not shrinking back, not pre-qualifying, but if something prompts you and there might be a price to pay or a challenge, I'm telling you right now, if it will show love for God and people, you do that thing. You do that thing. Don't pre-qualify God. So knowing your God is strong instills an attitude of humility. It instills an attitude of confidence. It instills an attitude of faith all in prayer. That's the point of contact. Come to me your strong God, right? 
humbly, confident, and in faith. Lastly, knowing God is strong instills an attitude of hope in prayer. Talks about this in Lamentations chapter 3. Jeremiah says this after really hitting a rough patch. He says, yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You know, this is a dark spot in Jeremiah's life. A lot of you listening to me right now, you're in a very dark spot. What does that mean? It means you're in a cul-de-sac. It's like there's no way out. Um, not a lot of light. Not a lot of good news at the moment. And, and God is speaking to you right now. And he's reminding you of how strong he is and that the darkest darkness is the context and backdrop for the lightest light, right? That heaviness is the context for the lifting and lightness of God's power. There's an opportunity for God to show his power. And that's where there's a turn where Jeremiah is turning to himself and he's looking at everything that's going on and he's letting the darkness overtake him. He's letting the depression overtake him. And then there's this crossroads and that's where you are at, perhaps, right now. And you need to say the word, yet. And you need to believe like Jeremiah, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love for me, I am not consumed by depression. I am not consumed by anxiety. I am not consumed by hopelessness. And you need to declare that. And you need to speak that truth right into the devil's mouth. Just hit him in the mouth with that. Because of the Lord's great love, I declare that I am not consumed by depression. I declare I'm not consumed by anxiety. I declare I'm not consumed by fear. Just like Jeremiah did. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, oh God. Say it in humility, say it in confidence, say it in faith, say it in hope. And your action step here is really simple. Write this down. I wait for the Lord without compromise. You see, when the Bible says to wait for the Lord, it doesn't mean to go, it means to keep doing the things that show love for God and love for people. Keep obeying his commands. Keep praying, right? While God is working on your situation, right? You wait for the Lord to move in that situation. Meanwhile, you're gonna continue to be obedient. You're gonna continue to do those things that show love for God. You're gonna continue to do those things that show love for people. You're gonna continue to pray. You're gonna continue to worship. That is waiting on the Lord. It's not a passive thing, it's an active thing. What is it? It's, it's, it's cultivating your relationship to God without compromise. My circumstances don't define me. They don't define how I think. They don't define what I do. No, I'm gonna rise above. I'm gonna mount up with wings like eagles. I'm gonna rise above this circumstance and I'm gonna walk with the Lord in the midst 
of all these challenges that are around because I'm, I'm connected to the most high God, amen? That's what God is calling us to do. So God is making promises to you personally today. He is moving you forward. His kingdom is advancing forcefully and forceful men, Jesus said. Lay hold of that. So now what do you gotta do, all right? Now you gotta pick your power, all right? Is fear gonna have the power or is God gonna be strong, right? Now you gotta pick your uniform, right? You gotta suit up for whatever you pick, right? And then you need to pray. All right, and then watch out. And that's why we're gonna close with Ephesians 6. That's the other passage I told you to kind of hold, right? Because there is a charge and a commission, and I want you to hear the word of the Lord today. Jesus says, come to me, all right? You can focus on the obstacles or the reasons why you can't, or you can focus on God's strength, Jesus' care and capacity, right? Listen to, to Ephesians 6. Listen to it with your spirit. Right. Even if you know this passage really well, I want you to take a big, I'm ready to listen to you, Lord. Give me your charge, and here it comes. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Where's your power today? It's in the Lord, all right? What are you gonna suit up with today? Your armor or his, all right? Full armor, God's calling you to full armor. Say it with me, full armor, all right? You don't go into battle without full armor. Are you gonna pray? There's your point of contact. There's the, the point where your faith unlocks his strength. Are you going to unlock the strength of the Lord in your life right now? Get out of the way, right? Ask for the impossible. Don't wait without, I mean, wait with, without compromise. Stay obedient, stay praying, stay worshiping, stay believing, right? Because this is what God promises. It's your next verse on the outline, Psalm 50, verses one through three. Listen with your spirit. God says, the mighty one, God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. From Zion, 
Perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and will not be silent. A fire devours before him and around him. A tempest rages. Men, the kingdom of God is advancing forcefully and your forceful, mighty God, your God, he comes and he will not be silent about his will. He will not be silent about where he's taking you. So don't misperceive challenges and obstacles. That's not an opportunity to bail. It's an opportunity for the strength of God to be shown mighty on your behalf. But you have to believe that your God is strong, that he spoke and the universe was commanded into existence. And when you believe that, you're gonna get out of the way in prayer. You're gonna be confident in prayer. You're gonna have an attitude of faith in prayer, boldness, risk. You're gonna have hope in prayer. And your last action step right here, write this down. You're gonna meet life's challenges with God's power. Say it with me. I will meet life's challenges with God's power. That's what we're gonna do, man, because Jesus says, come to me. You know, I started this series by building a scenario where when you knew someone was struggling, burdened, challenged by just something in their life, and then they tell you about it after it all happened, and then you hear about it knowing that person and you say, why didn't you come to me in the middle of it? And then they tell you, well, I didn't want to burden you or I was embarrassed, or they give you some excuse. Don't make an excuse right now. I know that nine out of 10 of us have a massive challenge, all right? Life is hard, it's a battle. Jesus said it would be like that. He wants you to access his power. So we're gonna do that together. And then after this study is done, I want you to connect with one or two brothers that you know, maybe they're sitting next to you right now. You're gonna share your challenge. If they're not sitting next to you right now, you're gonna text them and say, do you have a minute or two to talk? You're gonna share this challenge or whatever it is, whatever you're facing, where you need more power than you have. You need God's power. And you're gonna tell that person what the challenge is, and then you're gonna ask them to pray with you and pray over you. But for now, Let's come to God right now in a moment of power to the mighty God. Mighty God, we believe that you are the Lord. We, we believe that you speak and things that do not exist happen. We believe that you summon the earth, Lord. It's sitting right where it sits, tilted as it's tilted, with the perfect composition of atmosphere so that we can pray and breathe right now and the sun will rise and the sun will set. Lord, we know that from your throne, you shine forth your power. And God, we declare that your kingdom come right now and your will be done in our lives. God, that nothing would stop your promises from being fulfilled in our lives and from us moving forward in faith. And Lord, by faith, we choose not to focus on the challenges in our journey to your destination, but Lord, we choose to focus on you and your power. And through these prayers right now, God, we wanna unlock right now in Jesus' name the power and authority that you say we have in you. Lord, and we bind Satan, 
and we bind all his schemes and we bind all curses that are coming against us and we loose the Holy Spirit, we loose the power of God and we loose territory taking. God, take us now to the destination in a powerful way that you have assigned to us. Come, don't be silent, God. Let the fire that you have devour the obstacles before us. Give us humility, God. Help us to continue to get out of the way and pray. Help us to have confidence in you and pray. Help us not to pre-qualify you, what you can and can't do, and keep praying and let you loose on every situation, on every relationship, in every challenge. Lord, help us to continue to walk without compromise until you answer, God, these prayers. Lord, we thank you so much that you are our mighty God. Forgive us for not turning to you and accessing your power and strength. That's a mistake we will not make in the future. And so God, right now, I just declare power and blessing with my brothers every place where their feet go. Lord, let them walk in power, humility, confidence, faith, and hope. And let them enter into situations, not run away from them. And let them see your vision realized as they trust you along the way. In Christ's name we pray and God's men said, Amen. There's a friend that you have right now that many of you are thinking about in your mind. They need to hear this. All right, you need to share um, this global live stream with them today. All right, do that, be obedient, take a risk, and we'll see you next week.